0: Thank you, Miss Brianna, Miss Jacqueline, and that actually fits right in uh, with, uh, with the passage that we're looking at in Philippians chapter 2. So Philippians 2, uh, you uh, have that place and you're able to stand with us. Let's read a portion of God's Word here this evening. Philippians chapter 2, I want to begin at verse number 19, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 19. And we're going to examine here tonight the mind of Christ illustrated through the life of Timothy. In verse number 19, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with the father... He hath served with me in the gospel, and therefore I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. And so we're, we're examining the mind of Christ, and we, we've seen in chapter 1 that often circumstances can rob us of our joy. And Paul had learned in his circumstances to commit them all unto the Lord. He said, uh, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And in chapter 2, we find that often people uh, can cause us to uh, lose our joy. And if we do not deal with relationships and with people, and really to deal with relationships, we have to die to self. And that's what this chapter is, is all about. And so we're going to look at the mind of Christ illustrated for us in the life of Timothy tonight. So if you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. And uh, we still need the Lord. Just ask his help. And let's take a moment to surrender and let him tonight have his way. Father, we thank you. It's just good to be here tonight. And I thank you for... Uh, even the challenge that we've had in song tonight, as we've sung together as a congregation, this challenge that we've had uh, through Psalm 24, and uh, just how important it is to have purity of heart, purity of mind, that we might ascend into the hill of the Lord. And Lord, here tonight, uh, we've been challenged in special music that you left it all, and I thank you, Lord, Uh, that you gave everything, that we might have eternal life. And Lord, help us tonight as we open the word of God. Would you give something tonight of eternal value? Uh, Give us ears to hear and a heart to listen and to apply your word tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated here this evening. I want you to back up with me to chapter 2, and let's do just a bit of reviewing. Verse number 5, and we find here the mind of Christ, and we're told in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we've seen that mind of Christ is a mind of humility, it's a mind of service, it's a mind of sacrifice. And uh, we see in verse number six a very clear uh, verse on the deity of Jesus Christ, to being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but as Miss Brianna is saying, he made himself of no reputation. He left it all. And he took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And We saw through that passage of scripture there were seven steps downward. And we saw that the way down is the way up. And the way to greatness is through the heart or the mind of becoming a servant. And we find that the Lord Jesus Christ took those steps downward and then there were the seven steps upward, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we saw the way to glorify the Lord is to die to ourself. And in dying to ourself, becoming a servant, we bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we saw the mind of Christ illustrated through the Apostle Paul. And we know that Paul went to Philippi, Acts chapter 16. This church was planted, became a very special uh, church to Paul the Apostle. After much sacrifice, a church, uh, you know, we, we know that Paul went through prison and we know the story of the midnight hour. We saw the salvation of Lydia, the slave girl, and the jailer, and his family. And God built a church that became very special there to Paul the Apostle. I want you just to quickly, if you would look in verse number 16, and this church continued to be faithful to the Lord. And Paul says here, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And Paul realized that the fruit of that sacrifice continued to live on. Brother Diom, I was so blessed by your testimony uh, this morning. And after 30 years, went to 1984, and the fruit lives on. And we heard the testimony of the man from Belgium that was saved, and now... Uh, a missionary out of that family and all the grandchildren saved, all the children saved, and that fruit lives on. I know that blesses your heart and you gave some other testimonies of some fruit that lives on. I think that's what Paul's saying. He's looking back and he sacrificed and he realized uh, that he had not run in vain, that it was worth it all the price that had been paid. Now we're going to expand upon that and look at the illustration in the life of Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's preacher boys. I think probably saved during Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, Timothy grew spiritually after Paul uh, left his city and village, and it's evident that Timothy became a part of that local church where he had been saved. And when Paul came back on his second missionary journey, he found Timothy to have grown and uh, matured spiritually. And Paul took Timothy with him to Philippine on this second missionary journey, and he further trained Timothy in the ministry. And so we have here a, a great church uh, is illustrated in the church at Philippine. Let me just make a couple of statements here before I get into this. Uh, you'll find that behind every great church are great people, faithful people. Every church needs its Timothys. We're gonna see that tonight. Every church needs those people that are loyal, And faithful and trustworthy. Those people that have the mind of Christ and they become servants. And I can say, every pastor, and I'm so blessed here at Valley Bible Baptist Church and just how God has raised up servants, but every pastor needs some Timothy's. And Paul was blessed to have this man Timothy in his life. And at this point, when Paul writes the letter to the Philippians, His future was uncertain. Paul was in prison. He didn't know if he would live or die. He said, as we mentioned earlier, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, Many things uh, Paul could not count on, but he could count on Timothy. Uh, There were a lot of people in Paul's life. In fact, Paul wrote the letter to uh, the Philippians from Rome and from a Roman prison. And interestingly, when he wrote the the epistle of Romans, uh, there were many names that uh, Paul gave. Uh, But we find in Paul's life, there were people that let him down. He spoke of Demas, have forsaken me, having left this present world, having loved this present world. He spoke of Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much evil. He spoke of all they in Asia, they've departed from me. But here's Timothy Timothy was trustworthy. And every pastor needs the Timothys. Every church needs the Timothys. And when we speak of Timothy, we're talking about it in a generic term. It it can speak of the women. It can speak of the men. It can speak of the young people. And thank the Lord for the young people. And young people, you bless my heart tonight. uh, Just seeing many of you play and many of you give uh, speeches tonight and singing tonight. And uh, that's an important aspect, faithfulness in a church. Here's what I want to do tonight, and I hope that you'll follow this, and it's kind of neat how the Lord breaks this down for us. What are the characteristics of Timothy? What made Timothy so valuable? What could be in your life? What would make you valuable to your church, to God, to His service? And we would ask as we go through these, are these characteristics a part of your life? So let's look at some things about Timothy and I think the first thing that we would say about Timothy is Timothy was surrendered. He was available. Look with me at verse number 19. He was surrendered, available. He said, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Now this tells me that Timothy was available. And Paul knew, uh, I can trust in Timothy. I can send Timothy. He was surrendered to God. He was surrendered to Paul. Uh, Paul could not go to Philippi himself, though he longed to. And he said, I I hope to come to you shortly. Uh, But at this point, he does not know the future. He he couldn't go to Philippi. He was bound in the Roman prison. He was chained to a Roman soldier, but he could send Timothy in his place. Here's Timothy that's available. Uh, See, Timothy... I don't know this. I'm just going to say some things about Timothy that I think when I read the life of Timothy and the letters to Timothy and the stories about Timothy, Timothy does not strike me as a charismatic type figure. I may be wrong, but that's just what I have an impression of Timothy. I don't see him as a dynamic type personality. Uh, I, I'm not sure that he was one that we would look at and say, this is, uh, this is one that, boy, you can just see the talent upon him. That, I, I see Timothy as somewhat timid. In fact, that's why I like Timothy, because that's my nature. I'm timid by nature and kind of introverted. And that's what I picture of Timothy. I, I don't know that, but that's the picture I get as I read through the Word of God. I don't think Timothy is one that you would notice in the forefront. To me, Timothy strikes me as one that would be in the background. He's just one of those faithful people that he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not the quarterback on the team that everybody notices. He's like the lineman. He's the blocker. and Maybe nobody knows his name. They knew about Paul, but not as many people knew about Timothy. Now, here's what I see as I, as I look through this. It's hard to find a Timothy. It's hard to find those that are just available. And God's not so much looking for talent as he is availability. Just people that are available. That's what Timothy was. And that's hard to find. I want you to notice the statement that Paul makes in verse 20 concerning Timothy. And he says, I have no man like-minded. See, a good man is hard to find. Now, a lot of other Christians in Paul's life, and we mentioned the book of Romans, uh, list many others in Rome with him. But all of these, but of all of these in Rome, and of all the others in Paul's life, he says Timothy is the one that's available. I have no man like-minded, but there's Timothy. Is what Paul's saying, and there's such a great need today. And let me just give some thoughts here. Uh, every church that i know of needs laborers every church and often the word goes out uh, i have no man like minded a lot that could be done but there's nobody available and so god's work goes undone uh, there's nobody to teach that new sunday school class that is so needed uh, there's nobody to start the bus routes And to give up a Saturday or a Sunday to go out and round up the boys and the girls and the families. There's nobody that's willing to go to the homes and win souls and disciples those that come to know Jesus Christ. Say the call goes out, I have no man like-minded. There's such a need. And God's work suffers because of a lack of available workers. Many churches that need pastors today, I've received several calls. Uh, even here in the state of New Mexico. Brother McMath, do you know of anybody that's available? This church needs a pastor, and uh, there's no pastor there. Is there anybody that you know of available? And I have to say, kind of like what Paul said, I have no men like-minded. I, I don't know of anyone. I don't know who could go. Do you know of somebody available that could go and start such and such a church? And we've talked a lot about this. Northern New Mexico is one of the most needy fields in America today. And we have town after town and village after village that uh, we need churches. That's why we're going to start the Bible college. We need churches. And, uh, but I had no man like-minded. There's so much that could be done if there was just a young man or a family that would rise up to the occasion. And so often the call, like Paul said, I have, I have no man like-minded. But there's Timothy. You see, he's available. He's surrendered. Uh, Not only a need for established churches and towns and villages, but there are mission fields today that are wide open. I heard Brother Diom talk about areas that you would go through in villages and towns, and uh, I remember uh, going through Haiti, and we would be there and ask the question, is there a good church in this town? Now there's a voodoo church, but there's not a good church. And There's a statement, we could use a thousand more missionaries, and it wouldn't touch the need. See, the field is wide open. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Do you see the heart? To Paul, I, I have no man like-minded, but thank the Lord. There's Timothy. He is available. He's surrendered. He's an available servant. What about you? Are you available? Would you be willing to go where God wants you to go? Would you be available to the Lord? Surrendered. That's the first thing I notice about Timothy. He was surrendered. Look again verse number 20. The second thing I see about Timothy, he was a servant. See, this is the mind of Christ. He says, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Now, we've already seen that Paul loved this church, and Paul had been a servant to this church, and Paul had suffered much in planting this church, and Paul continued to carry the burden for this church, and he continued to pray for this church, but do you notice what he said? He says of Timothy, he's like-minded. What Paul is saying, just as I care for you, church, and just as I love you, church, Timothy is like-minded. He cares for you just as I do. He's got a heart of compassion for you. He carries the same burden that I carry for you. He's a servant. That's the mind of Christ. That's what we read in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. But this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. That's what Paul did when he went to Philippi, and that's the like mind of Timothy. It's the heart and the mind of a servant. And that's what God's looking for today. Available servants. Willing to pour themselves out for others. If you go back to Philippians 2 verse 3. He says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's what Paul did. That's what Timothy was willing to do. That's why every great church must have its is those who will naturally care as paul said for our state and that's what timothy was he was a surrendered available servant look in verse number 21 thirdly i can see of timothy that he was selfless we read in verse 21 for all seek their own not the things which are jesus christ now It's evident to all seek their own. Most people are in it for themselves. They're in it for their glory, for their benefit, for their name recognition. What's in it for me? That's not Timothy. He was selfless. Now, very few, as we mentioned, knew his name in comparison to Paul. And Timothy was a behind-the-scenes kind of person. He was selfless. And Now, here's a key thought tonight. See, Timothy was concerned about the things which are Christ's or Jesus Christ's. What that means is Timothy was not living for himself. That's why there's no man like-minded, because most are living for themselves, but not Timothy. Uh, Timothy was living for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not living for self. He was selfless. His life had been dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. He belonged to the Lord. It's evident that he belonged to Jesus. His temple, his treasure, his time, it was the Lord. He was not living for his own glory, but for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as such, he was willing to sacrifice and willing to go to Philippi and willing to pour himself out for others and for their benefit. That's selfless. It's what it's going to take to build a bus route. Somebody that's selfless. It's what it takes to teach a Sunday school class. Selfless. Not a lot of glory sometimes in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are some towns and villages that there is a great need for church. But there are some places that somebody that's going to go there is not going to be recognized as the uh, greatest pastor on the block now because he's going to be going to a place that is small and a place that is going to take labor and work and a place where he may have to work a job in order to build a church and uh, may have to uh, do some things behind the scenes. It's not going to be somebody that's going to be glorying and thought high of as the next great pastor, uh, but it's going to be somebody that's like Timothy, selfless. And that's what Timothy did. He poured himself out for others, selfless. Verse 22, this is so important. And I hope you'll pay close attention to this next thought. Timothy was spiritually proven. Verse number 22, Paul says, You know the proof of him, that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Now, at this particular point, Timothy was not a novice. He mentioned it seems that he was saved during Paul's first missionary journey. And he stayed behind in his local church. Did you hear that? He stayed behind in his local church. There he was faithful. And there he grew. and There he served. And there he proved himself. When Paul returned, Timothy had gained the reputation as one young man that had grown and had been faithful to the things of God. And so he had been commended by those in that church. Here's Paul, a young man that has grown in the Lord. And he's been committed in everything that he has put his hand to. He's done it with all of his heart. And I think he's ready and prepared to go with you at this next step. And so Paul took Timothy with him. And he trained him further. And Timothy became a servant to Paul. He continued to grow. And he continued to prove himself as faithful. And the church at Philippi witnessed the testimony. That's what Paul said. "You uh, You know the proof of him. They'd seen Timothy as a son in the faith to Paul the apostle. Loyal to Paul. He was serving the Lord Jesus Christ. He was serving Paul. He was serving the church. And they had seen that testimony, the testimony, the faithfulness. It's kind of like Joshua. See, the congregation watched the life of Joshua. And they saw Joshua as being faithful to Moses. And when the time came, God said, Moses, uh, you're not going to go into the promised land. But I've got Joshua. The congregation knew of Joshua. They had witnessed the proof of Joshua in serving with Moses. They knew the testimony of Joshua that came back from the land of Canaan and said, if God before us, we can go in. And yeah, there are giants, but they're nothing like the Lord God. And he's bigger than those giants. And so Joshua and Caleb stilled the crowd and spoke positively, and they knew the proof of Joshua. That's Timothy. See, the church at Philippi knew the proof of him. They knew the testimony of him. Uh, I hope that you'll listen to this thought tonight because this is so crucial. The Lord is looking for some Timothys and he needs some Timothys. I cannot overemphasize the importance of being spiritually proven, tested. When God looks for laborers, he looks for those that have been listened to this faithful. He looks for those that have been faithful. He looks for those that have been available. He looks for those that have been through the tests and the trials of life and have continued to grow and continue to walk by faith and continued to put their eyes upon the Lord Jesus. Somebody came to me once. This was years ago. Pastor, I believe God has called me to the mission field. What can I do? Can this church send me? That was the question. Well, I was blunt. And I asked the question, are you attending church faithfully now? Are you in every service? Are you here at Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? The answer is no. No. Are you now serving in the church? No. Are you going soul winning weekly? Well, no. Are you tithing and reading your Bible and praying on a daily basis? Well, the answer is no, and I knew all of the answers. But God God's called me to the mission field. See, that's where you need to begin. You need to build a foundation. You need to prove yourself. You need to be faithful. God's looking for some Timothys. But He's looking for some people that have proved themselves through a life of faithfulness. See, God can't use you in the big things if you're not faithful in the little things. It's those things that you know to do now and being obedient. If you love me, keep my commandments. And if you love the Lord, you must be faithful in the little things and you can't go on to the big things until you're faithful in the little things. You see, here's here's what happens. We, we, We see and we say, there's the will of God and I want to be over there at the wall. How do you get there? You get there one step at a time. And here's the problem. Many people never make it over there because there's a step of obedience right here that they're not taking. And if you don't take this next step of obedience, for example, after you say, what should you do? You should follow the Lord and believers baptism. You, you can't take that next step. You can't get over there until you follow step by step those things that you know to do. That was Timothy. He was faithful. I read the testimony of um, a famous person They got saved, and they went to the preacher, and they said, Preacher, we want to do something big for God. They had a big name, had a lot of money, want to do something big for God. The preacher said, here's where you need to start, is your wife saved? No. Is your family saved? No. Witness to your wife, witness to your family. You need to get in church. You need to get faithful. You need to grow in the Lord. Now, this famous individual did not take the advice of the, of the pastor. And they went out and started this big ministry. Now, they had the name recognition. And at the beginning, the crowds flocked. But they didn't have a foundation. And what happened, the branches grew deeper than the roots grew. And the storms of life knocked the tree down. And within a year, this individual was completely out of church and away from God, no longer in ministry at all, Uh, just broken because the roots had never been anchored into the ground. That wasn't Timothy. Timothy had proven himself. He was a proven soldier. Again, read verse number 22. Paul said, you know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Notice the next statement. Him, therefore. Why is the therefore, therefore? Well, Timothy has proven himself. And him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how will go with me. Paul said, I can't come to you, but Timothy has proven himself faithful. And I can trust him. In my place, I can send him in my behalf. You know his testimony. See, God rewards faithfulness. We've told the story. This comes from our school training places. Dominic, this is my favorite, the monkey story. We talked about this. Uh, Feed your monkey, those little things. God gives you a monkey, feed him. Take good care of that monkey. Be faithful in church. Read your Bible. That's soul winning. Tell others about Jesus. Feed your monkey. Prove yourself in that which you know to do. And then God will give you another monkey. He'll give you a ministry. Maybe somebody to disciple. Another step and feed that monkey. And God gives you another monkey. And soon you've got two or three monkeys. And you're feeding the monkeys. And do a good job with the monkeys that God gives you. And then God gives you a gorilla. When you're faithful with the little monkeys, then God will give you a big gorilla. And ask you to feed the gorilla. That was Timothy. Timothy grew. He had proven himself. He was faithful. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. It was the mind of Paul. It's the mind of Timothy. That's God's path. That's the way you come to usefulness, to fruitfulness. That's the way you have the abundant Christian life. That's how you have true joy. A lot of miserable Christians... Because they're over here waiting for God to do something big in their lives, but they're not taking the little steps and they're miserable in their Christian life. It's those little things that lead to the big things. And that's why Timothy was so valuable to Paul the Apostle. So blessed on... Sunday, Brother Dion, to hear your testimony, and then this morning, then to hear further testimony today in Chapa. You know what, what kept coming to my mind? I've been reading this passage and studying, and here's what kept coming to my mind. is Here's somebody that just said, God, I want to go somewhere where nobody else has gone. Whoever that be, just a humble servant trying to obey God, just going where God wanted him to go, and that ends up in communist Philippines, I, I don't want to go there. I don't like a gun pointed at my head. I, I don't like soldiers sitting at the back of the congregation, as you shared this morning, with guns in their head, waiting for you to say the wrong thing. I don't like that thought, but that's where God wanted him to be. And just being there, just being faithful, facing the dangers, being in God's will and the protective hand of God just over and over as he told the story this morning. See, that's Timothy. That was the heart of Timothy. That was the characteristics of Timothy. Again, look back with me, verse 19. Timothy was surrendered, he was available. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus. He's available, surrendered. He's a servant. Verse number 20 I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state. He's a servant, he cares for you, he has my heart for you. He's selfless. All seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. And he's spiritually proven, just faithful. But you know the proof of him, that he, are as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Uh, God gave him a big gorilla to feed now. And so in verse number 23, Him therefore I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. That's what God's looking for. And Paul said, I have no man like-minded, so very few, so hard to find, but every church needs them. Thank the Lord for Valley Bible Baptist. We've got them here. Thank the Lord for that. thank the Lord for those that are like Timothy. They're hard to find, but when God has them and they're proven and tested, God uses them in a great way. I just close with the thought tonight: Are you willing to be a Timothy? But to be a Timothy, you've got to die to you, to your dreams, to your vision, to your goal. and you've got to be God's servant belonging to the Lord. Are you willing to be a Timothy? Let's go to the Lord tonight, every head down?